Hello, and welcome to the Goth Mom Podcast. I am your host, Perry Lerner, and with me this week is a best friend of the podcast, visual artist and writer, Paige Greco. Paige, how are you today? I'm good. You guys can't see it, but Perry looks like she's in some like moody goth cave, and I'm in (laughs) sun-drenched LA. (laughs) Dude, Jesse calls it my like my like den or something like my dark den he like gets so and this is with the lights on he gets so irritated when I'm working and just like completely in the dark it's really funny I mean I think it's a good vibe for sure it's just like couldn't be like more of the Perry's goth mom podcast she's in like this like shady dwelling but like glowing and then I'm just like hi I'm calling from Los Angeles welcome yes It is like this perfect juxtaposition because right now it is cold and dark in Philadelphia and I'm sure it is bright and sunny and warm in LA. I mean, it's cold for LA. It's like mid 60s. But everyone always says like, if you live here for a little bit, you become like cold blooded, not because of the LA cliche, but probably, but also because you can't deal with any kind of coldness. So right. And my thing is like in the summer here, speaking of goth mom type uh, labels, um, if it gets too hot, I just say I'm wilting. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, I love that. Well, you are weirdly wearing white right now and usually you are in black. So this is interesting. It's laundry day. I knew that you were on that. Okay. I, it's just like, I mean, it looks good. I just rarely see you in a picture, in a picture, in a color like that. Um, yeah, picture. <laughs> yeah, but you have your little goth cat Tuesday with you who is brand spanking new. How old is she? She I've had her for a little over two weeks now. She's about four months. Um, you can't see her pattern that close, but like sometimes I feels like she is like naturally like a blonde and like try to dye her hair black and like miss thoughts. Yeah. You know, looks- we've all been there in our adolescence, and now Tuesday has as well. Oh my God. Yes. The, uh, the girls with the skunk highlights, but yes, Tuesday looks like she is a calico grown wrong, um, <laughs> to describe it for the listeners. Um, but she is super cute, looks really young and kitten like, and I miss those days with my kitten. Yeah. Yeah. She's technically a torty, but I think they're lying. She's just a calico gone wrong or my space girl that dyed her hair <laughs> missed a lot of spots. And I, I tell- love it. And she keeps doing like a little like Halloween creepy cat thing where she'll look at me from across the room and hop over my direction. Yes, I Uh, love it. Well, we grew up during prime MySpace time because we are 32. So I feel like it's really easy to like relate anything to MySpace era. I can't tell you. I said era. I meant era. They probably sound the same to people who are not deciphering my we able to decipher my Philly accent. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like I still make top eight references every now and then. Um, so. Yeah, I had a I was like at a party or, you know, something recently and we were talking about what we were like in high school. And I was like, OK, I'll say this. Um, I was the art girl, but also was a cheerleader. And everyone was like really surprised. And I was like, and I was really big into MySpace. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. But like the first two things, like just like did not register. <laughs> it is 
so funny to me that we were both cheerleaders because I discussed this in my last podcast that like it didn't make sense at the time then either and like it didn't for you as well like you definitely did not look like cheerleader type no everyone will uh, people are I was talking to about this they were like oh well you're blonde so it kind of makes sense and I was like oh I was absolutely not blonde then I dyed my hair black I cut it all off and like yes like wearing layers and layers of belts and tops and whatever yeah and the irony was I had blonde hair and would dye it and then you had dark hair and dyed it Mm -hmm. so you always Uh, want me to have I found my cheerleading jacket when I was back in Philadelphia the last time and I brought it brought it back here because I don't think anyone believed it my mom filled it out for me the form where you put your name and she wrote pagey oh my god (laughs) I love it yeah meanwhile I was going going by like Luna and Lulu and all these like different you know things you try on in high school but some things and (laughs) well that is why before we started this podcast I asked how to intro you because obviously we've known each other since we were like two I knew you as Paige but I know you've been through a realm of different personality kind of reflecting um names yeah and I was talking to someone recently about that and um, he's like another fellow artist in Los Angeles. And I said that I somehow have the subconscious like wherewithal to know to make my art in like my early 20s and like I guess like in college and everything like under a different alias. So like now when people like Google me, um, they can't find the embarrassing stuff because it's under- that was smart without <laughs> even like realizing like ahead of time, yeah. like how smart you were being at the time. Yeah. Yeah helped a bit I mean there are some cool press that I got under my alias but it's not worth digging up the nightmare stuff that I can't take off the internet God, um, like sort of like a blessing and a curse I am so sad Zanga doesn't exist anymore because I would have loved to find my Zanga or live journal but like at the same time kind of glad that's like not a thing anymore it might be because I think MySpace is still around MySpace is but I don't know if you can find your old MySpace I can find my my, oh my god I'm curious now I feel like uh I love that you could like customize it see that's what was cool about MySpace that you couldn't really do with Facebook Mm -hmm. it's like there was no customization I remember you could put in your artist like pictures of like all the artists you listen to and you could have it like black and red with like music playing like it was like a whole vibe coming to your profile we all learned HTML and CSS like um, for MySpace. Oh my and God, yes. I definitely did. I think like during the first week of lockdown, I was like, I'm going to update my website. I'm going to do it all by like my own coding. And then it took me about oh two God. years to realize I was just relearning what I had learned at 15. Oh my God. The funny thing is my dad is like full on coder. Like I don't know shit. Like it's all out the window. Like I know how to click inspect. <laughs> and look for the things I need to look for in my for my job. That's it. That's all I know how to do. I know how to find the hex color. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like working in like different galleries, it's always like a small team. That's what I love about it. But at a certain point, like, oh, well, that page like knows like Photoshop and InDesign, blah, blah, blah. Let's see if she can also help us go to our website. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But it works oh my god! And just like troubleshooting, but it definitely, I definitely wish we could go back to the knowledge I had at fifteen when I was like, I want the song to autoplay. So oh yeah. The profile, they understand how miserable and moody I am. Yes, That's I cool. definitely used to like Google shit, but like nothing retained at all. Like, absolutely. 
I, but um, I, I still do remember um, my MySpace link, and that's why I, I can probably find it. And I'm not going to say the full URL because I'm still ashamed and I can't take it down. But it was definitely like Pearls and Lies X, and then like a number. Oh my god, I can't even remember was, mine. It was, was probably a- some Bowie <laughs> reference, like probably um well, Aladdin screen name yeah. yeah Aladdin scene were like a lot of things for me um do you remember my screen name do you remember my screen name oh shit oh my god I do not it was forever jaded oh my god <laughs> poor memory unlocked are you kidding me right now that is so funny I knew who I was very young oh my god that is ridiculous that is yeah. really funny yeah so um Paige and I have known each other since we were like two kind of met like a couple different ways. Like first we met cause like we had family friends in common and then we happened to go to the same daycare mm-hmm. and then ended up going to the same elementary school, even though we went to an elementary school in a different neighborhood, even though we lived a block from each other in our actual neighborhood, like we were both were like playing the system Philadelphia and, school system has always been fraught. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And they were trying to turn our school into a charter school, which was like a whole thing. And I moved out like right as that was happening. So I moved and then Paige moved um, and we remained close and like kind of got like angsty together, mm-hmm. which is really funny because we like grew up like, oh, let's trade clothes in the bathroom and like bull our teachers because they can't like keep us straight because we're always together. We're like the two P's always together. And then, like, we we moved apart, but, like, we were still, like, like I said, like, the same kind of angsty, like, like, preteen chicks and wore a lot of black. Like, I feel like I got picked on. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I feel like in Philadelphia, the public school system there, it's diverse and there wasn't a lot of bullying. But moving out to the suburbs, there was, like, a target on your back, so to speak. And I feel like in retrospect, looking at how you and I both adapted, we both like found really close clicks, but weren't afraid of immediately not even trying to blend in. <laughs> like, yeah, agreed. Already into like trying to find new music, trying to look at old films and look at what's happening in cities and not getting caught up in like the American suburb, like subculture. Yes. And I like found my people like in my school you know what's funny I just realized about our nail polish we're also wearing like the dark light version of like you have light blue nail polish on I have dark blue nail polish on like we did not we didn't plan this at all I keep going back and forth between this color and like this like dark green color depending on what I'm wearing but I like got a white car recently which is like very not me I've always oh that's funny cars and like now my nail polish is like leaving marks under the door and I'm like oh this is a problem because if you wear black all the time like it's like let's say I'm I'm dirty but you don't think about yeah like marks on things and I'm like that's true like this is not a goth problem yeah (laughs) that's true like (laughs) white nail polish can turn like yellow if it's on too long and that's really weird well this is the first time I've painted my nails in like months because I had my finger in my child's mouth like multiple times a day trying to help her like get a better latch so like now I'm like I don't need to do this anymore I'm finally painting my nails so it's glorious they'll probably look like this for like a day before they get cracked and I never think about them again but for now it's fun 
that's the thing I hate about dark nail polish is the second it like chips a little bit you go okay I went from looking sophisticated to I look like yes I'm like yeah life. my friend actually called me out on that the other day and was like you know like your nails are always a mess and I like sent her a picture right after I painted them and I was like enjoy for a hot second <laughs> but like I, I feel like I was always like, I need to wear like dark nail polish, like in high school, like I have to wear black or like blood red. And like, I still like dark nail polish, but I definitely have like branched out a lot. And I know that sounds like kind of like a dumb thing, but like, I don't don't know. No, I don't think it is. And like, we can get into this a little more, but you know, I lived in New York for like 10 years and like, it's totally normal to wear like layers and layers of black and have like black nail polish on and not look like you're on your way to a funeral or you're rebelling against your mother in your 30s or something um but then moving out to LA (laughs) like even like working in like galleries I'm like people like and they they rock their style people are wearing like neons and like leopard print and I'm just sitting there looking like you know every day is Halloween (laughs) yeah see I feel like I do feel like a, like a slight difference between like you and me is like I would wear neon and leopard too and like you were just like all black always like baggy clothes chunky shoes like yeah for sure so that being said I'm like well maybe I'll just like wool dye I won't paint my nails dark <laughs> <laughs> I'll start at one little thing yeah my hair will still be blonde my nails will be light, but I'm still wearing black drapey clothing because like I'll sometimes like do the 1970s, like Levi's, like cute t-shirts, but then like that's when I'm doing like my laundry. <laughs> going <Right>. to the park. <laughs> Like I'm wearing a black shirt, but I'm also wearing like yellow velvet pants. So like also I my hair know, looks I- a lot darker than it actually is. I have some vintage Levi's on, but then yeah, then I have this like white t-shirt on, but it's distressed. So it's still. Yeah. No, today still... was like a lounge in day. So I was like, I'm not putting jeans on. You'll have to. Crushed velvet inside. Nothing says I'm lounging around all day more than crushed velvet. I mean, I have a velvet <laughs> couch, so it's already built in lounging. Exactly. My <laughs> point. Um, But yeah, like, so. You've obviously, you know, so we, we kind of, so we were close in high school too. And we have like all these like old school, like, like bullshit things we used to write about like being emo and shit. And, um, and then we like, kind of like, didn't talk for a while. Like I would say after college. Yeah. You definitely helped me move at one point uh, during college, which is totally like, you know, I've known you forever. Can you help me move in winter in New York City? Yes. <laughs> and yeah, I think just like the the change of graduating, trying to suddenly adult quickly, getting a job and like that hustle, like it just seems that adjustment makes your world kind of small for a moment. Yes. And then you had gone out to LA mm-hmm. um, as you want to do because you move around a lot. um but now you just seem to be kind of moving between New York and LA uh those seem to be your cities um but yeah I remember I was like stalking you under one of your you know your aliases Mm -hmm. um I don't even think we were friends on Instagram at that point I was like yo I wonder what this bitch is up to so I like found you and I was living in Portland at the time and I had seen it was like maybe like March 
Mm-hmm. And I had seen like back in January, you were in this store that was like a half a block from my house. And I was like, shit, I wish I knew she was here. Like I totally would have like hit her up to see like how she was doing. So I like messaged you and I was like, hey, like this store you were in like two months ago, like that's how you know you're like still friends. Is like you could creep on them and just like totally <laughs> be like, whatever. Like she's not going to think any, she's just going to be excited. So I was like, yo, you were in this store. Like, I live in Portland. I wish I knew you were there. Like, I'm like spitting distance from that store. And you're like, oh, fun fact. Like, I'm actually living in Portland. And we figured out we were living like 10 blocks from each other. We're in the same neighborhood. And like, that says a lot in Portland because it's kind of like sprawling and like it has little like quarters. So I was like, I also live near that store now. (laughs) Right. And it was weird because like, if you know, like, if you know Portland, Hawthorne, we were in Hawthorne neighborhood. It's a cool area, but it's like very like hipster vibe. And I feel like if people like saw us, they would be like, oh, you live in like, like over at Mississippi Ave, like you live in Northeast Alberta or something. Cause that's yeah. like a little more of like the artsy, like edgy kind of neighborhood. Um, So it was really funny that we both happened to be like living in the same area. And it was like perfect. Cause like Paige said, I, like, we were really talking a lot, like, back when I had helped move her, but, like, I was there in a second and, like, helped move her. Well, like, like, this girl came into my life again at, like, the perfect time. Like, my stepdad dad had just died. Like, my cat had died. Like, my grandmother was about to die. And, like, I was, like, having fun in Portland and I had friends, but, like, here was someone who, like, knew these people in my life and I could feel, like, a connection with and... um. And then she went back to New York and I was kind of like, <laughs> how did I live here for like over a year without her? Cause now I'm like, how am I going to keep living here? And really what I think it was, is like, you just kind of opened my eyes to like, I think I'm ready to be home again. And like, what am I really looking for here anymore? Like, it was just like, I still loved Portland, unlike you, but like my like whole life had changed compared to when I had moved there. And it just like, you know, a year after my stepdad had moved there, like it just wasn't quite feeling right anymore. So we both moved back east and then you went to LA again. It wasn't like that quickly. But no. the first cliff note on that story is I was in the thrift store near your place in Portland wearing the world's smallest cowboy hat. That just has to be pointed out. <laughs> yeah. I, was looking at, I was looking at that photo earlier today. And then, yeah, well, I, so when I had moved back to New York, after Portland a few months after that I was then going through like my turn of like a lot of change and loss and kind of figuring out what my next step was and I was so happy to have Perry like in my life that I could talk uh-huh. to in the middle of the night just trying to be like how did how did we end up here like but everything kind of being okay because you feel supported and through that conversation not because of me but we kind of realized it was you know maybe she should come back east and right blossomed here too just like you did in um Portland yes I'm like very happy where I am now I like own a house I have a husband I have a baby like that definitely didn't look like it was in the cards for me so it's like pretty cool like that that's where I'm at um it is really I mean but yeah I uh together like you were going through some heavy stuff too so um I feel like we've always like been in each other's lives at like the right time and like you were even able to like come home last year for my wedding which was really fun 
Um, and I was like, so glad to have you there for that. Cause I almost like just sent you a zoom link and you were like, wait, you're getting married. Like I'm obviously coming. And I was like, well, you're obviously invited then. Um, so that was really neat. And that was like when it was still a little like taboo to be on planes. (laughs) I I made sure that I got my vaccines in time so I could fly East. And I remember like LA County tried to change my vaccine appointment to a different like after the wedding basically my second shot and I was like this isn't gonna happen so I drove like two hours into the valley to get my vaccine appreciated that's (laughs) when the vaccines were still like super effective too so it was like it was kind of a big deal that like if you weren't gonna have the vaccine um like it was like a different kind of like scenario traveling was still like taboo so it was kind of nice you you can get on airplanes and no one was on there and you could just on the seat which I took advantage of and it was way cheaper and like right before the pandemic in November of 2019 we went to Paris and walked around like a bunch of goths there yeah our um our Airbnb was right by I always forget the name of the cemetery Um, uh La Perchez yeah so that was our morning routine there and you know, I still feel like Perry and I are still going through those photos from the cemetery and using them for different things. Oh my God, I know. Well, and the funny thing is like, I live near like a really historic cemetery now mm-hmm. and uh, we go there a lot and like Paige got our Halloween, our family Halloween card, which was uh, done there. But yeah, we got a tattoo out of nowhere in Paris together and like true to like you, you got like your typical like black line line delicate tattoo yep and yep I got like the more delicate colorful one so like we definitely like have our looks um totally I will say this so before I left Portland to go to New York Perry and I got tattoos on our fingers that are like mm-hmm. kind of like little mountains or two peas in a pot or you know whatever how you, you ever want to read it so mine's on my right hand and Perry's is on her left hand. So I was showing up in basically all of Perry's engagement photos. Yes. <laughs> yes. All the wedding photos had my, yeah, that tattoo on there. And I think I did that on purpose, if I recall. Um, yeah, I wear my, uh, ta- I wear my attachment to you more than I wear my attachment to my husband. I like just got silicone rings. So I'm starting to wear them before that. Like I never wore my ring. Um. Yeah. But yes, so um, so how would you like say that you um, like bring all culture like into your life as an adult while still like, you know, being an adult? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess the larger umbrella answer would be like, again, like working in the arts, being an artist, like it comes from like that same page that was like when she was 14 going by forever jaded and yes expressing myself hopefully with more tact now (laughs) but day to day you know it's again like being a girl that's wearing black in LA trying to get through traffic and Spotify just knowing me so well that it creates a playlist for me that is that I'm like 
no one's going to know this side of me. And now all your listeners will know this side of me where it's me blasting, you know, orgy and nine inch nails and who else is on this playlist. And this playlist sometimes grows a little bit off the wire, off like off a little haywire, I should say. Yes. It's like, do you listen to Bloodhound Gang? And I'm like, no, I don't listen to Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we're not going Woodstock 99. <laughs> we're like, yes. even though Bloodhound Gang, Limp Bizkit, um, uh, Corn. And Lynn, uh, and who was the other one? Lincoln Someone Park. Else. Well, no, I'm just saying they all have songs about sex. Like, oh. and, and uh, the song Self Esteem by who is that? Um, Offspring. Offspring. Yeah. And like one day I was like in the car and it was like six in the morning and I kept going, next, next. And I'm like, <laughs> it is too early to be listening to like dudes sing about sex in my car and I'm like alone, like just trying to go to work. <laughs> Very true. Oh my God. I like weirdly listen to that kind of music on my way to work to like get me pumped. Mm-hmm. But um, I like... Uh, so I, the other day I, I started, just started running again, like literally two weeks ago. And it started because one day I like walked outside and I was like, I don't want to listen to a podcast. I want to listen to music. And I was like, maybe let me put on this Slipknot album and like, see if I just like how far I run. And like, I just, every song I was like, okay, keep running. Okay. Keep running. And like, next thing you know, I'm like home. And I was like, oh shit. So like, yeah. If you need to go for a run, that is the kind of music that that's perfect for. I was just psychotic listening to that music in the morning. I I would totally say Deftones, like Around the Fur and White Pony, for sure, is good Mm. running. And then, um, weirdly enough, I, like, would listen to, when I I was, like, running a lot, um, what's it called? Why can't I think of their name? Oh, my goodness um the wrap while you're thinking of that I'll give you that like my running playlist weirdly enough once was like uh the hot uh, was the killer's album hot fuss that like I don't know there was something (laughs) about that album oh god what is it I was was thinking of death grips which is probably the opposite of the killer (laughs) that being we were talking about like these huge like lineups that are happening like first it was like when we were young fest um yeah and that's like this, this new metal one that's happening wild and, and the and death grips are playing the new metal one so I'm like okay like I'm clearly just following like my music lineage to what's happening in like you know 2022 yeah well we were saying like so obviously I'm not going because it's in Vegas can't just like pick up and leave at this point right um but I I feel like going there it would still be like the type of crowd of like broy Woodstock 99 vibes and like but we're all older and I'm like look I could hang there smoke a little bit like whatever I think it'd be fine like I don't think it'd be a disaster but I definitely think I would like not be like super into the crowd I think I would be even though I would argue I'm more into new metal music I feel like my people were probably more at that emo pop punk show yeah, I was definitely sold on the emo pop punk show, especially because the person that was going to got like a free ticket and was going to go with me kept calling it your so last summer fest. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> it's like taking back Sunday. And it's like, no, when we were young. And it's like, I guess that's also a killer song, but it just like made me feel like I'm basically going the equivalent of seeing like a dad band or something. Oh, yeah. Well, um, so there's this guy that we listen to on YouTube, Finn McKinty, who like talks about like he's like an old school punk and he talks about like 
pop culture a lot. And he was talking about the We Were Young Festival. And he's like, yeah, this is for all the aging emos. And he's like older than us. But I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, we're like, we're the old people with like seemingly disposable money. Like in Vegas, which always just reminds me of like random conventions people have to go to if they like live in Southern California. Yes. I don't Even out like, here, people are going to Vegas all the time for conventions. Yeah. So I'm like, this doesn't feel good. But like the new metal one, I mean, I've never seen like Skinny Puppy in concert and I don't know how much longer they'll be like playing. I don't right. know. Right. But that sounds fun. So I, this is also something I wanted to ask you. This has come up in like conversations with a few close uh, friends I have that I can open up about my playlist <laughs> and like <laughs> of how much I listen to new metal and like will correct them when they're singing corners slipknot lyrics incorrectly but to make something new metal does there need to be a DJ in the band I feel like yes because like that was brought up to me and it like broke my brain <laughs> and then I sat there watching way too many music videos and there is always a DJ. I and can't think of any new metal band that doesn't have a DJ. Like, I feel like if we were playing this game of like, Paige, if like you didn't work in the art world or blah, 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 like what profession profession would you have? And I think right. it would be new metal DJ. New metal uh, DJ. Not because like, that's what the instrument that I'd want to play more than anything. Not because they're probably not talented, but they are basically just traveling and they <laughs> scratch a record. Yes. And- it's like they are trolling the whole industry somehow. <laughs> no, they it's it's true. And like so you mentioned Deftones earlier. That is one of my favorite bands. Um, they are also on that new metal festival. Um, and White Pony is like one of my favorite albums. But yeah, so <laughs> I was like, maybe Deftones don't have one because they're not really new metal, like they started it, but like definitely got away. Nope, they have a DJ too. Yeah, um, no, that was the first music video I looked up and there's just like one in the corner of the party and I'm like, that could be me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, That is true. I didn't think about the music videos because I could have just visually pictured that. But um, yeah, you know, what's funny is like Incubus is on it and I like don't know that I'd consider Incubus new metal. Have a DJ. See, they do have a DJ. They do. They do have a DJ and that is confusing, but like, yeah, they seem, so I, I had mentioned on the last podcast, I saw Deftones and Incubus together and like, it makes sense, but also like, I think cause I didn't really like Incubus, like as it's funny as an adult, I appreciate them more after having seen them live, but I definitely went for Deftones and, um, they would have seemed like an odd pairing to me, maybe cause I didn't know their music well enough. I knew the song Drive. And like still hate that song but um there are other like they do have other songs I like but like another weird lineup I saw which like makes sense but also is like kind of strange as like adults is um Smashing Pumpkins and Marilyn Manson I mean this is a 90s bucket yeah. right there right but like, like Marilyn and Marilyn Manson, as we know, are both pretty problematic in different ways. Yes. And I feel like they're two very different, like, types of fans, too, that gravitate towards them. I don't know about you. Um, I don't want to say I can't listen to Marilyn Manson because I don't know if that's true. I will say I don't ever actively listen to him anymore. Same here. I try to avoid him for sure. I was thinking of like, what should I could put on 
because it's laundry day and I was like what should I put on for like the zoom I was like whatever I'll just put this white t-shirt on but I have a swan shirt that I was going to put on I'm like mm, he's canceled and then I remember like um <laughs> then I remember how I had this Marilyn Manson shirt that I got from Philadelphia AIDS thrift store like years ago from like mm-hmm. 97 their 97 tour or no their 99 tour right after Columbine so I had this shirt and my friend Errol I think you met him you know of him enough mm-hmm. he used to always try to steal that shirt from me. And one day he successfully did steal that shirt from me. And then after everything came out finally about Manson, he's like, you can have it back. And I'm like, I don't want it. He's like, yeah, I've been yeah. Trying to have it. no one will buy it from me. And I'm like, oh good. My God. Like, it. And like, I think we always kind of knew about Trippy Ramirez, um, but not to the extent of like what everything that's been happening with Evan Rachel Wood and uh, other Manson's victims. But yeah, I can't listen to him. I can't listen to Kanye anymore. Like, it's just- see, I was never a Kanye fan. But did you see the Phoenix Rising documentary yeah. with Evan Rachel Wood? That's what really put me over the edge. It was like before that, I was like, he's a piece of shit. But I feel like I kind of already knew this anyway. Watching that, I was like, this is horrific. And like the Twiggy Ramirez thing, um, with uh. What the hell is her name? The chick from Jack Off Jill. Like, is it Rebecca something? Um, she, but like that whole oh, Jessica Adams. That's right. She um that was like a bummer because I feel like she was kind of part of that like riot girl scene, which yeah. was like very much about like feminism and like bringing girls into like the punk scene and like having them feel comfortable. I mean, we named our daughter after fucking bikini kill song, like love. Kathleen and Hannah but you just know being in that space all of those girls must have experienced something oh, similar well the music scene and we've talked about this briefly before like you and I grew up like going to basement shows and like going to shows into even now but like definitely like in my early 20s living in Brooklyn and like being in LA there have been so many situations that like as it's happening in retrospect, I'm like, how is this functional? You know, like, yeah, I had a guy, I won't say name names because he's still around, like very earnestly hit on me by calling himself a demigod and being offended and like not letting oh, get God. I did not want to go home with him. And to the point that I had to say, I'm not flirting with you. I'm genuinely being mean. Please go away. Yeah. Play, there's this um, record label called Burger Records and like, a few years ago, I think like right around the pandemic, they came crumbling down because unsurprisingly, men in these scenes were taking advantage of like girls that were just entering into the scene or just toxicity in, inside of bands that had like women identifying members in it. And right. and it's just, you know, it's very, spe- it's very specific to like the alt scene as well, especially coming, I feel like the alt scene grew out of grunge. Um, yeah, and for came- sure. If you, even if you look at the Woodstocks, going back to that, you know, yeah, like, there was more of like gender equality, quote unquote, I feel like in grunge, but inevitably like the misogynistic culture, whether it just be like dudes thinking about sex or guys being fed up with their lives in the 90s, in like the late 90s, there just kind of is this energy that allows like the, the norm to be that's that toxicity and like the abnormal to be women to the front gender equality w- w- you know women can ha- be strong as well yeah and like I think there's something to be said about the fact that like these were not 
very women heavy spaces. So like it was probably like very hard to find that safety um, because it wasn't it didn't feel inclusive and safe. Um, And I know like I feel like now the punk scene is like becoming like very leftist woke like you know, respect everyone, fight for people who don't have rights. Like I'm recognizing my, um, you know, my privilege as a white male. And obviously there's privilege that comes with being a white female as well. And I'm just pointing out the white male part because they are the dominant part of like a lot of alt culture. Um, But I feel like we're not like we're almost ignoring the fact that like a lot of the punk scene like was very misogynistic until very recently and like wasn't accepting of women um saw them as like you know just things like objects and like didn't really take their musicianship seriously it shouldn't be a novelty when there's like a, a woman in a band or women in a band yes your person in the band it shouldn't be a novelty it shouldn't be like anything in the art world or you know music world where it they have a preface to like their their name like woman band or like you know woman fronted band like it shouldn't have you shouldn't need that novelty yes and like what's crazy is all it takes is like one woman being in the band for the most part like especially if they're the lead singer right because then you have like cold chamber where the basis was a woman and like or like Sonic Youth, where the basis was a woman, and like that feels less like even MSI, where like you have the basis and drummer as women, like they're not the forefront of the the bands. But I feel like um like bands like like Paramore, like Haley Williams actually came out and said like she like she was talking about like the alt scene in like the pop punk and emo specifically in like the early two thousands and like how she was invited to get to go to Warp tour. And they got asked to be on, like, a female-only stage. And it's, like, that's not even, like, there's one woman in that whole band. Mm -hmm. And, like, she was obviously offended to be, like, why can't I be on, like, the normal stage? Like, and I think that's something, like, we're probably still dealing with. Yeah, so it's, like, really interesting to hear, like, women coming back from, like, our not our generation because obviously they were a little older than us but like the music geared towards our generation and like hearing their experience especially especially because like in high school like I did tend to listen to like bands that were like had you know had more male heavy Mm -hmm. members like they might have not been geared towards like men like My Chemical Romance definitely is more of like a women's band and like Panic at the Disco is more of like a woman's band but it's like all men so interesting because they were having like a feminine nature tied to them that was definitely happening in the emo sphere so to speak when we were in high school like eyeliner and guys wearing girl jeans and like I was always like like a little queer weirdo so to speak so I true like expanding gender but like while that was happening it was still like not to say like MCR and like all those in panic and everything like that weren't um you know weren't inclusive towards women but it kind of was more of an aesthetic I won't name names I remember going to 
a panic show that they had opened for when I was like uh, a teenager, like maybe barely in high school. And one of the main guys saying I had very pretty eyes and he was definitely 10 years older than oh, me. Oh, wow. Like, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> oh, no. I like remember getting like checked out in Hot Topic at like 12 years old. And like you remember, I was like completely flat chested. Like, like I was I looked like a fucking 12 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And it's just like really like upsetting to like think back on that um but and I don't think like I'm not like here to say that like those bands were doing anything malicious or like you said they weren't inclusive of women it's more just like interesting to see how like women who like were professionals in the scene were kind of getting sidelined um when like men were adapting these like feminine attributes which like I didn't even really think about until you brought that up I think it just is the culture and, you know, touching briefly on like how it's gonna, it might be here for a second or whatever, like the last, within the last decade, there've still been like huge museums that are putting on shows of like women in photography. And you're like, why do you, why are we, why are we still here? Yeah. Yeah. That feels, it feels unnecessary at this point. Yeah. And like how even, you know, um, like some galleries or and like biennials and collections are including like more POC and women artists like and you're like great like they need more representation but it, it feels yeah it's good that it's great that they're reflecting culture but it, and it, we need these these movements to be more inclusive as long as you don't put a title in front of them right like it feels more forced yeah, I wasn't going to use that word, but it, yeah, it, it does. And it's it's frustrating because I know like I briefly met an art space in LA and I didn't want it to be in the mission statement that I was including queer and POC and like women artists. But like I was like, there needs to be just like an awareness so we don't fall into the trend of like, yeah, like these, you know, insert like the cis white male artists are all great artists. But like, what if we consciously make make changes? And I don't know, I guess it's a narrow thing to balance but to over to overtly say well this is a this is a woman performing stage or this is a woman photography art show seems like okay well you're, you're making them and us like I know that we might have the best intentions but ultimately you're still separating everything I definitely understand that I also think like there's something to be said that like with art comes perspective and it's important to get different perspectives under like but about the same thing right and when you're just like lumping all women together in one uh just uh one um genre not genre but like like you're putting them all into one pigeonhole and then you're like putting all black people together in one it's like but they have more to say than just like I'm a woman and here's my art or I'm a black person here's my art you get minimized to your feelings are just this way because you're a woman and it's like what <laughs> like yeah and like I don't know even just like going a little more off topic like how Eve Babbitt and Joan Didion died within like a month of each other and everyone was like isn't that crazy and I'm like they couldn't have been more different can we please stop comparing them to you <laughs> that's true too like the whole issue where like not everyone in a uh specific uh like subgenre are uh you know a monolith and like everyone has like something different they're bringing to the table and different um experiences that they're bringing to the table and that's why like you know you can talk to like me or care that you had on previously and we're all like 
the same gender identifying people in the same age range knowing you but having different experiences and like what we listen to or like how we feel about it and why we're interested in now like they're all just many different conversations even if you're sitting at the same table you shouldn't therefore be or like clustered together yeah I agree um and it's unfortunate we are still there like I mean I almost think more that we should be like highlighting these people within a certain type of like display than like just putting them all in one like to me that's yeah it's weird and like you're not you're still not seeing I feel like a lot of women in alt music at least I'm not I'm not like super like finger on the pulse of like alt culture like today like I wonder if it's because it goes to like this might be a hot take it goes to like the fans and I think women might like identify with um like a front woman in a band etc but they'll also still love bands that are all you know men in them but I feel like since women being front-facing isn't the norm in the culture still unfortunately I wonder if it it's harder to you know promote them to guys without making them sex objects like yeah I agree and I feel like some music is out there specifically like for women like mm -hmm. I would say a lot of bikini kill music and obviously this is like during a different like wave of feminism this is during like the third wave of feminism when this is coming out and like we're very young like we're not really experiencing this but like the idea there was to definitely create music that like women felt they could relate to um while and but it wasn't like men know like you can't be a part of this but it it did feel like oh this is my experience and like if you're a man you haven't experienced this now I feel like we're kind of going like back to that almost of like where people just like like women are not able to like integrate themselves into just like the regular play like yeah I mean I guess the bands that I'm thinking of in like Los Angeles that are like in our age range that are you know they'll have queer members and they'll have women members and it's still like play I guess it's still playing to a specific audience that's more open-minded that that being said, the, the the norm will always kind of be five guys with guitars or whatever. I agree. Um, that's what's interesting to, about going to like against me shows now, because mm. like, I mean, for people who don't know in the audience, I might have discussed this before. Laura Jane Grace, who is the lead singer in Against Me and lead guitarist, um, she is a transgender woman. She started Against Me as male presenting and she I think in 20 I want to say 20 somewhere between 2015 and 2017 I blur everything um she she came out and like everyone was you know obviously there were some people who were like you know I'm not gonna listen to you but like a lot of her punk fans were like super supportive of her transition and now you go to against me show and you're like okay there's like these hardcore punk kids but then there's like these like queer kids and like they're both love against me love like everything they do obviously because they're at a show and I feel like 
if you really only like one kind of the music they perform, you're not going to go to a show at this point. Um, so like, it is interesting seeing that like intersectionality happen between punks and queer kids and like everyone like really just enjoying their music for what it is and for the experiences she's had. Um, it should be a unifying thing in the community, whether it be the queer community or just the aggression that comes with being a woman sometimes. Yeah. everyone, And that's why I think you do have like the punk community if they're not going really far right <laughs> so just you know um yeah. that you'll you'll see a good like family not to be like a juggalo thing but like a good <laughs> kind of be created for them and one thing yeah. I was gonna before I forget I feel like one genre of music that I don't know if you're super into but like it's always been one of my favorites is shoegaze and yes. in shoegaze you have a lot of especially going back to like the early 90s when that genre was kind of formed maybe I'm getting the history wrong but nonetheless he's usually like a, a woman presenting identifying member and she that is true out. I love I my bloody valentine I saw my I saw my, my bloody valentine live a couple times at one time they um it was like a festival that no longer exists outside of New York <laughs> and they they opened for tool <laughs> I uh, yeah I could see that like speaking of those strange pairings but yeah, My Bloody Valentine and like even, um, you know, there's this uh, shoegaze band that I discovered during the lockdown that I was obsessed with. It was like my like long drives when I finally got to Los Angeles listening to them. And they were from the early 90s, but they're like the drop 19s. And they're like one of the only U.S. based um, sh- big shoegaze bands of that time period. And they were like college kids in Boston, I believe. Okay. And has a has a woman in the front um and it just it, it it's about that and I think that is kind of that genre in my from my perspective at least is appreciated regardless of how you identify I agree I really I've definitely gotten into shoegaze before I guess I wasn't like as aware of the makeup of the band members um mm-hmm. but I actually have a playlist on Spotify that I made from like 20 it was like probably 2017 I made this and it's called dreamy and it's like a bunch of like shoegaze and um dream pop yeah um so like I did like have a thing there uh, like thing for shoegaze at one point um but I mean so I I don't know where they'd fall into but I always like the Jesus and Mary chain and they actually weirdly open for nine inch nails so weird combo yeah yeah I think that's amazing it's an amazing lineup but yeah I mean I think that it doesn't I don't know why it's like I, I can listen to black metal then new metal and go okay now it's shoegaze time and I think it's because like they are experimenting and they, they have to playing feedback and it kind of is dreamy in a lot of ways so I always appreciated them but I guess like thinking about this conversation also has come up in some friend circles with what's happening with like Gen Z music and how they're approaching like queer identity and everything like that like have you again like the genre is nowhere near all but like Orville Peck or like Little Nas X like kind of being mm-hmm. very um you know upfront with their sexuality it's, I guess it's like yeah. not an example of what's happening in for women but it still seems like they're expanding genre a bit more than it, and than what's happening in the alt community with um maybe I'm missing someone besides Laura Jane Grace. No, I agree. So like 
I think like the big pop punk woman who is like kind of making a splash right now and again don't really have the finger on the pulse I could be wrong but Willow Smith made a great pop punk album I haven't listened to it like absolutely fantastic highly recommend everyone is on it like Travis Barker is on it (laughs) um Avril Lavigne is on it just like fantastic album um which is crazy coming from the chick who whipped her hair back and forth (laughs) Um, no, but she is awesome. And I like it's people like her that make me excited for like the alt scene and like hoping that like, you know, it picks up a little bit um, and gets like a little more, um, you know, uh, like expanded 2020. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Because that feels like that's the year reference is like we're looking for, you know, get it like a little more um, inclusive. I don't know if it's just like women like didn't make heavier music or like again they didn't have the opportunity to because like that's part of it right it's like I was always listening to heavier music mm-hmm. and that does tend to be male dominated um although there is one metal band I think she it's a band but like OTEP I don't know if you've heard of them her now I need a look but it's it's a metal band and it's a woman as the lead you would not know from listening initially. <laughs> I'm intrigued for sure. So yes, they're a band. Oh, okay. This is why I was confused. And they're a new battle. But Otep, um, her, the lead vocalist name is also Otep. Oh, I see. So okay. that's why I wasn't sure if it was like a band or a person. Um, but like, yeah, it's it's kind of refreshing hearing a woman like have those like very guttural vocals. Like I feel like you do not get that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, not, I can, I haven't listened to them, her, but I feel like, yeah, we don't get, we don't get that a lot. I I was just going through a list of songs that I had brought up around like high school, college. We had like Crystal Castles, like she was front. Oh yeah. She was like not guttural by any like metal themes, but um, that was there. But I was thinking about this recently. I was out somewhere and there's like teenagers that were wearing an MCR shirt and I was like, it's so crazy. Like I was like being so self-centered. I was like, it's so crazy that they're like still like hopping off of like, you know, my generation's time in high school. And the person that I was with was like, you do realize her wearing that shirt is the equivalent of you wearing a Nirvana shirt when you were in high school. <laughs> I'm going to see myself out. Goodbye. <laughs> That's true. But at the same time, I like, I totally get what you're saying. And I think it's a little different because like the band still exists. Like you could still go see that band. They are still making new music. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But this was so. like, a what was that? They're like, they're, they're big like I think it was their, their, their second album that three had cheers album. for sweet revenge it was like that it was that t-shirt um <laughs> so Jesse um got into this whole thing with his podcast with these people on Twitter about like so they were all these NCR fans and they were like Gen Z and they <laughs> Like, without getting too into it, like, they ended up, like, loving him and his, like, uh, his podcast co-host. And, like, they, like, were, like, vibing on Twitter for a hot sack. Um, But, like, Jesse's just, like, all of these kids are just, like, calling me middle age. And I'm, like, you guys are obsessed with a band that I liked, like, in late (laughs) high school. Yeah, I mean, how old do you think Gerard Way is right now? (laughs) 
Oh my God, I know. And like, that's the the irony of Gerard Way is like, so I mentioned mindless self-indulgence earlier, how like they were able to be like a little more integrated because like the front man was still a front man. And like, even though they had like female bassists and drums, like they got out of being a quote unquote female band. Um, But the bassist is married to Gerard Way. Yeah, Lindsay, right? Yeah. And, and I think they have kids. Bandit. Yeah. I don't know why, but this is taking up real estate in my mind and I'm not even mad about it. And I'm sure <laughs> like he's friends with Kirk Robain's daughter. So it's all still like woven together. And I think if I'm not wrong, Jimmy Yorin, the lead singer, is also like got into some shit. It has. Yeah. I just remember like thinking about it now. I just remember some of the song titles and I don't know if like he was queer or not, but I know like one song was definitely a hard F word that oh yeah was either like that's what I was just trying to remember was either like on the wrong side of how to use that word or he was trying to normalize it like well there's a corn song there's the corn song I don't know it's well it's on their first album it's spelled f-a-g-e-t oh yeah Yeah. I remember like the MSI song specifically because I remember and feeling like like they were on like our side of the court because my high school boyfriend was like kind of like feminine and queer presenting and like did identify as bisexual then and he transferred into our high school and like he would get teased walking down the hallway and he's like you know what I'm just gonna blast this MSI song (laughs) (laughs) I'm in on the joke and I do not care (laughs) yeah yeah I mean it's a shame like you have to be like that sometimes um but yeah, the corn one was more about how like he would be called that because he was like weird. Yeah, yeah. So um, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, it's a shame that corn was the thing that like was leading. Um, what's it called? What's like 99, which I think is on everyone's mind because now there's two documentaries about it. Yeah, well, corn and then Limp Bizkit like really brought it home. I think Limp Bizkit's like really what like started, if I remember correctly, not that I was there, but like started the riots. But I remember like, yeah i think uh red hot chili peppers really fed every fed into everything as well which is you know it doesn't really hold up in history as like a really hardcore band but yeah true yeah limb biscuit feels like it's like such aggro energy in like a way that like even though corn and Slipknot are too like I just don't get that same vibe like I would go to a corn show I would go to a Slipknot show I do not think I would go to a Limp Bizkit show absolutely not I mean both of those first bands are still making albums but I think the last thing I heard of Fred Durst is that he was making an eHarmony commercial which is very funny and this was like years ago I think they're like doing their thing again it's that's scary because like I mean not only does Fred Durst infamously wear a red cap which I think you can see where I'm going with this yes but I think again going back to how like music clearly represents what's happening in culture there was a lot of like misogyny happening in the late 90s and it was in the genre of you know Limp Bizkit like there's a song about like I'm messing up the lyrics but like but like one of those sex songs and it's like I think he was like kind of threatening violence in it or something I don't know it just isn't like inclusive where I don't think if you listen to corn songs it's really about like a, besides the Adidas song really about objectifying women that much 
Right. Like same with Linkin Park, where I feel like and like they're obviously new metal, but I feel like they were more nuanced. That's the thing, right? Limp Biscuit feels just like they're like goofing. They don't feel like very nuanced, but like Linkin Park also felt like they like kind of straddled like genres between like new metal and emo, where I feel like a lot of girls did start liking them in their later um albums whereas like hybrid theory like i would argue was like geared more towards guys um like definitely heavier no i was just looking up uh the 2000 record of limp biscuit and just like already like it's uh, it went away the title of the album's called chocolate starfish and the hot oh yeah and it's like just like sitting and thinking about the term chocolate starfish for a long time. Like you, your mind only goes a few places in the anatomy and it's just like, okay, that's really what we're like. That's what we're Oh my getting. God. <laughs> I've never thought about it like that. Again, Spotify keeps trying to get me to listen to Limp Bizkit. I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> well, they have a song like Nookie. Nookie. That's, like, that's on that, it's on that album. I yeah. Believe. Well, that's like what their biggest album. Yeah. And that was um, the time period we're talking about. Like, that's the thing about Limp Bizkit is I listen to them when I want to, like, rage out. Like, not, like, rage, like, like, rage out, like, I'm, like, in an, like, aggro kind of mood, which kind of goes to show you what that music is like. Like, I don't listen to it for, like, like, I listen to Linkin Park, and I'm, like, these guys are, like, good musicians. I listen to Limp Bizkit, and I'm, like, these guys are fucking idiots. Yeah, no, I have a friend that like we talk about black metal together sometimes and he's just like, I don't know how. And he's the one I told you about. We were like coming out of the poetry reading and he was like in an elevator full of people that probably wouldn't be on my side of the conversation for new metal. And he was like, oh, did you hear the, the drummer of Slipknot diet? I'm like, did you hear the new Slipknot album? And like we're like talking about that, like in this elevator. And then he's, you know, we get out and he's like, I just don't know how you can listen to it it's like so cheesy and I'm like no it like amps me up to drive around LA and traffic and whatever like this is like why I don't take a public transportation anymore so I can like blast music yes as long as loud as I want to but that being said you know Limbisco will come on this mix because Spotify somehow has bad taste well other than less uh, <laughs> and I'm like this is cheesy like this is like I can't get into it like yeah, I'm having a bad day. You would think I don't listen to give me something to break, but I just picture like a toddler throwing a tantrum. Oh my God. Well, the music, I feel like the music itself has not aged well, like at all where, and that goes into like what I was saying before with like the nuance of like, it's just, it's kind of like old blank music. It's still fun, but like, I don't know that it's like aged well um well boxcar racer hasn't so i listened to that <laughs> really needed a song page that was like i feel so sad and i'm like i did i did when i was 13 i needed that now i don't need it at 32 but i needed it then yeah <laughs> but, um, yeah i don't think i mean i guess yeah unfortunately limb biscuit is not a timeless classic <laughs> yeah have known. absolutely and like yeah the whole fred durst doing shit for russia or whatever did not hear that oh that's what i thought you meant by the red hat actually <laughs> well, well okay i meant by that like in his like you know his little look in the 90s or early 2000s was he had that little red cap that was backwards yes right? now i feel like you know 
the trolls that were his fans that you could see like in Woodstock 99 that are like being super misogynistic and just like punks for no reason I feel like are the similar people like in today and this is just my opinion Mm -hmm. or like my thought I've had recently that are on the right that are like clinging to any viral controversial thing that like they can find and it's usually right-leaning so like MAGA hats is what I was getting at ah okay yes that makes sense too well like the problem is some leftists are so leftist they're like swinging back around to the right um so I was listening to Follow the Leader, the uh, corn album the other day, and there's a terrible song on it that Fred Durst is on with him. And it like got in my head and I was so pissed because, again, I was running. So I was just listening to the album and I was just like, this is a terrible song. And now it's in my head. (laughs) Like, I'm so mad. They're just like throwing shade at each other. But like, it's not. It's like a lot of like calling each other like the f word and like like talking about each other's dicks and shit like that i'm just like i can't yeah so i don't think we like really need that in in culture and like maybe like deftones were doing that but i don't think so i think when like the deftones sat down and wrote that song with maynard passenger they were probably having like a talk that wasn't about their penis size or (laughs) other groups of subcultures that they hate i don't well and you like at least for me maybe not for you but for me I can forgive that if they seem to um mature but if it stays at that like level it's just like what am I you know what I mean yeah I mean there's a whole thing of like there's the artist and then there's the art like you know that too I think it gets to a certain point where it's like I just don't want to support this person so it's it's as long as it's not leaning all the way into like Marilyn Manson oh absolutely I'm saying more just like the content of the music itself yeah no I can I can overlook that um you know I think sometimes it's like kind of fun to pretend that like you're a shitty teenage boy in the suburbs driving around and like we all get the jokes we all grew up watching American Pie in that time period and everything but um, I can forgive it as long as it's like not tied to like their viewpoint on people (laughs) oh that's yeah that's what I mean is like okay we're just being like dumb goofing around like Blink was talking about like chasing girls and like their dicks all the time but like I don't feel like that's who they are at this point and like I didn't listen to the new Korn album but like same with Korn like I don't really think they're like throwing around the f word as much like you know and I could be wrong but like I just think like a lot of that is like of the time and also them being immature I mean I'm sure if there's like a recording of us in like early middle school or something that was I don't know if I was saying it but that we were casually using the r word all the time (laughs) oh yeah I wouldn't want to be canceled over just like not knowing better but Right, exactly. And like back then it was like it was fine. Like I mean it wasn't fine, but like people obviously were okay with it because if they weren't, they wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. No. But, but anyway, do you have you listened to the new corn album? No, I will need to after this. Um maybe <laughs> that will be my next run album cuz like I said I did like the Slipknot album. <laughs> Well, I was going to bring up, there's an article, because I was like, I remember, like, I listened to it once, and I'm like, I'm good, um, but apparently there's a lot of, like, uh, fans that did not like the um, the the new Slipknot album, 
So there's an, there's an article by Revolver Mag saying, Corey Taylor, the fans who dislike new Slipknot album, shut the F up and now listen to what I give you. And I call <laughs> them fucking idiots. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Um, so Jesse actually introduced me to the mashup of Psychosocial and Baby by Justin Bieber. Have you heard that? No. Oh my God. You like need to check it out when we are done with this. I will link to it in the podcast notes so that listeners can listen to it if they haven't. Apparently, that's how he knew the song Psychosocial. And now that I've heard it, I can't unhear it. And it is like a perfect song. It like makes it so much better. I'm just like so mad. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm so in- mad. I'll give it a listen for sure. Um, so so wrapping up, is there like a person that if you heard they did something that like you couldn't really listen to them anymore, you'd be bummed about? God, I feel like because you know mine, and it's not it wouldn't shock me, and I like fear it every day, but like I am concerned about anything coming out with Trent Reznor. Oh, with Trent. I feel like, okay, going really quickly with the Trent, like he like disconnected from Manson pretty early on. So yes, I feel like he, he did. You know, like goodbye. I feel like it'd come out at this point, but I'm still like, oh my God, like you hung out with a lot of like of those people who were like doing shady shit with women in hotel rooms. So I mean, he like wrote a mean song about Courtney Love, but it wasn't about her being a woman. So, you know. True. And Courtney Love has tried to blast him so many times. But yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like. No, no. I like, I feel like. I probably have an answer, but it's kind of like I have put scar tissue over my heart, so like nothing can, um, nothing can affect me anymore. I wouldn't be shocked if like anything came out for anyone. But I wouldn't be shocked. But like, who would you be upset whose music you couldn't listen to? In the music world, um, I don't. I don't. I really don't know. Hmm. Yeah, like, you'll have to get back to me because that was an easy one. We'll, we'll give you an update for a future episode. Like Paige realized who could break her heart if something bad Dude, happened. I do that with so many episodes when I listen back and I'm like, damn, why didn't I say that? Like, I know my episode for Kara, like she had asked me like who I was most excited to like get Scarlet into. And I was like, I kind of think boy bands. And that's true because I think like She'll appreciate that as a little kid and have a lot of fun with it. But I'm like, why the fuck didn't I say Bikini Kill? I am so excited to for her to listen to oh. Riot Girl music. And I was like, missed opportunity. How, like, it's hard when you're, like, caught off guard. No, um, it is. But yeah, definitely I, boys and girls amongst themselves should uh, hear, um, like, Riot Girl music growing up. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, going back to, like, my space days and everything and like who I was like really putting on like my you know when you landed on this when you landed on it was probably like Elliot Smith and I feel like he oh. has like such a gentle place in my heart that if something even though he's like deceased now if something came out about him that was like terrible it would it would it would break like my teenage spirit and you know yeah I feel like he was too into like himself being depressed to like make anyone else's <laughs> life miserable you have alone. Apparently, he was funny and like I don't know. He's I, okay. I, I listen to Elliot Smith when like I just want to crawl into a hole and die. Like that's when I listen to Elliot Smith. That's what he's there for. But like I don't know. I guess I was always feeling that way when I was a teenager and into. Adulthood. Oh, for sure. I'm just. 
my point being like my point just being that like I don't think he had time to focus on making other people's lives miserable because he was so sad let's just stay with let's just stay with that (laughs) exactly so um is there anything you want to plug yeah um I had a book that I had published earlier this year it's called sword silhouette you can find it on my website pagegreco.com it's available for purchase there but also in bookstores around the country um and it's a limited edition so get it while you can very cool i will put the link to your website in the show notes yeah and uh, a few months ago i had a poem that was published in a quarterly by Despair Books. It's an LA-based uh, store, but they also support other ama- amazing emerging poets. So check that out too, which you can also find the link off my website. Very cool. Like, I am so happy you're still doing this kind of stuff because like you are always easing and like now it's like cool to like see it like again, like alt adult things like yeah. becoming real. I love it. That's how I said, like, how do you all as an adult, it's like, well, you just get a little more subtle with your moodiness and you keep making art. (laughs) Exactly. That that's just, you just got to stay true to your black heart. Again, I would have always been forever jaded. Aw. Well, (laughs) thank you so much for doing this with me, Paige. We will definitely have you on again because this was a lot of fun. fun. Thank you. Aw, I love you. Project for you. You are the best goth mom ever. Aw, thanks lady. Best goth aunt. I love you. Love you. Bye.